Podcast. It is season three, episode eleven for this one. I, of course, am joined with both of my uh, brothers in arms, Ethan Nash and Andy Soames. Andy, how are you, my friend? Good to have you on board for tonight's show. I'm doing very, very well. Having a great time. You couldn't do your boxing though, unfortunately. No, mate. No, no. The um, the deadly Rona has started its shift at five o'clock. So yeah, all <laughs> yeah. all. Human activities must, you know, like cease, cease yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in the show. Um, Ethan, uh, Ethan is on board as well with a brand new microphone as well. Ethan, how you going, man? Thanks for uh, joining us for the show. Yeah, good, General. Good to be here, mate. It's all happening in the lovely sunshine state again. Looking forward to having a chat about it. <laughs> Jeez, we, we have just endless content to talk about, don't we? It's <laughs> It just keeps happening. It just keeps happening, providing us with all yeah. the goods to do all these shows for all you lovely listeners. <laughs> I certainly can't remember the last slow news day, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, mate, tell me about it. It's There's almost too much to go over. Like, I almost think we could actually do this show on a fucking daily basis. There's so much. Every day, there's just something new that comes along, and we need... I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, I want to do an article on this. Oh, and, of course, life gets in the way. It doesn't always happen, so I have to sort of save them up for uh, <laughs> for the next episode that rolls along. Oh, man, yeah. hey, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it now while we're recording. Let's do a shout-out um, to our boy, uh, JLB, John LeBon at johnlebon.com. He was on my uh, Patreon-only content show and uh, as my last guest, but... Um, he and I organised a little gift for you. Why don't you tell us about that one? Uh, yes, General. So I had a lovely new replacement uh, Blue Yeti turn up at my door, which was fantastic. Cue <laughs> clapping and uh, audience sounds. <laughs> but yeah, big uh, big shout out to my 
my um, good man, John LeBon there, um, sending that through. Um, now I don't have to just mess around re-engineering the mic every episode <laughs> to get it to sound normal. I can just plug it in and go from there. So I know. How good is that? What a good bloke. Man. He's awesome. Yeah, good on you, John. Thanks for doing that for Ethan. Uh, you're a champion. Uh, but isn't that just a testament, though, to how much he wants to listen to the show with Ethan having some good darn quality audio, you know? Like, he must... I know he was having a good laugh at how Ethan sounded in previous uh, episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. We were having a good chat about it on the um, on the bonus content show. Uh, once again, folks, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash Real News Australia. Link on the show notes to uh, get involved in that, that extra show that I do for uh, my supporters only, and shout out to them as well. Uh, but man, boys, oh, so much to go over. We had... Um, of course, since the last time we've done a show, we've uh, we've had the rallies in Brisbane. Um, of course, big thanks and a shout out to to Andy, of course, for teeing all that up for all the quality audio and um, video, visual equipment that he had organised with his um, compatriot. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention his name, but can I say his name or not? Um, oh, probably not for now. Let, okay. it, let it let things. We'll just say your dust. your work, uh, yeah, your uh, colleague uh, with uh, Pixel yeah. Studio there. Um, so shout out to he knows who he is. Um, yeah, uh, fantastic. You know, you recorded the whole thing, streamed it live. You guys set up all that stuff. It was so good. Um, and of course, then the street interviews with um, our, of course, our cameraman we're talking about, following me along, interviewing lots of random people on the street. Of course, we got an interview with Ethan as well uh, to kick it off for the day, which was which was good. Um, but yeah, what a, what a turnout! Hey boys, um, Andy, I'll throw to you first. What was your um, Give, give us your impressions quickly uh, on uh, on that last uh, rally in Brisbane, which was, of course, the Worldwide Freedom Rally. Mm, yeah, well, it was it was very very successful, and it was like backed up to a and also a very very successful rally like the time before. So the, the momentum forward with people awakening up to everything that's going on is definitely rising. There was lo- lots of new faces, both mm. older and much much younger so it was like much different yeah 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 it was good to see some of the um really young people getting you know getting really involved and really starting to understand everything as well so Mm. um and you know like we've said in the show too like it's just a really really good feeling a good vibe good people and it's just be it's just refreshing to be around like-minded people that we can share the same sort of stories and, yeah. and understand each other. So it was like a really, really nice afternoon. And once us, again, I would recommend that people, you know, give up give up a, a few hours of their time, which they will benefit from, from anyway, and come along to these things, please. Well, that's one thing I wanted to, to quickly ask you. What was your impression for yourself? Because I'll ask Ethan the, Ethan the same thing. What was your impression of the numbers that turned up? Compared to the last one, which was obviously well over 5,000. What was your impression this time? You're asking me, Jim? Yeah, 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 you. Uh, look, I thought the numbers were like slightly up, maybe 10% more. Yeah, I reckon they were either the same or about, yeah, maybe a bit more. Um, even though yeah, I wasn't there, but yeah. I saw all the footage from the last ones and it seemed about the same, to be honest. Mm. Mm. So I, you know, like, oh, I forget the name of the thing. I think it was Ann Street, and it comes up. And so I'm looking back at no, the Elizabeth at the Street, actual I think. Oh, no, sorry. Um, um, uh, yeah, we went down Elizabeth Street past the Queen Street Mall. You mean that one? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like going down that same direction as, as Elizabeth Street. So uh, actually, it was Elizabeth Street. Yeah, because Ann anyway, Street's further over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we... 
I looked back and it was <laughs> so good to see like the whole like city street just like from as far as the eye could see packed with bodies right mm. so it, it that that was awesome it put a big smile on my face so yeah, good stuff very man. very successful event and yeah. um a big shout it, out to tricky once again kudos my man well yeah tricky one, one you know tricky Tritty was one of the ones with the organizer of course but yeah big shout out to you for providing all that other um audio and visual stuff you and your um, compatriot mate well done once oh, again yeah. thanks for doing right. that mate no, yeah. i mean it's it's extra work that extra workload that you don't have to do but you do it because it you know it means something so well done man i just wanted yeah. to say thanks for doing that yeah. um I'll, I'll give you before, ethan before i throw to you i'll just quickly say though one thing i would comment on this and i thought the speakers were great um yeah they had good guests lined up and it was it was quite empowering good to listen to what I will say though is, and I'm not saying there isn't a place for it. I think they should definitely do it. I like, you know, the welcome to country and a bit of the um, indigenous stuff. That's fine, but to me, it felt like it went on for too long. It was like an hour. The first hour, it felt like, was so much real heavy on indigenous stuff, and it was just. It seemed like they kind of went away from the real reason why we were there. And like, what are you doing? Like, it, this isn't a, you know, Aboriginal rights kind of gathering or something. Not that I'm. You know, I'm not hammering on that, that that sort of side of it, but I'm not against them whatsoever at all. It was it was nice to see that sort of stuff, but I think they're just going a bit too heavy on it. That's my opinion, but I think they're going a bit too heavy on it. You know what I mean? It can probably it you could, weren't it could turn something. You weren't away. the only one to think that way. Yeah, you know, I, I noticed that was a lot of feeling from the crowd. I was you know walking around and talking to different people and. Uh, even um, you're talking to Ethan about it too. I was sort of mentioning it, and he was mentioning it too. But I'm like, yeah, it's just a bit heavy on it. It was just a bit too much. Mm. I think have it at the beginning, kick it off with a nice ceremony, and then let's move straight into some speakers and keep the ball rolling, keep the power going, keep the the energy up. It was it was very uh, you know just like a lull, and then it was a little bit of a lift, and then a big lull again, and everyone was sort of talking and carrying on and like oh yeah yep. it was just a bit too much i thought so if, if there's any constructive criticism i'd just suggest that they just pull back a little bit on that maybe squeeze in an extra speaker or or something else you know but um i just don't think it's absolutely necessary to, to do too much of it that's all i'll say um ethan i'll, I'll throw over to you mate just give us um to wrap up this first little bit here what was your impressions of that freedom rally uh back on uh, was it march 20 i'm gonna get the date wrong 22 i think it was march 20 sorry give us your impressions big fella yeah general it was a good day it was good to catch up with everyone i've said it before you know i'm not particularly someone who thinks that protests are automatically going to achieve anything i think that they're more beneficial for people getting together and connecting with like-minded people and really feeling that energy um, and that's what I was just really happy to do again, just catch up with everyone, see everyone. Um, haven't seen yourself, General, in probably oh, over in, a year. Yeah, so, even longer, yeah. Yeah, probably longer than that. So it was good um, for everyone to finally be at the same place at the same time. There's been previous rallies, but this was sort of a big one. Everyone was there, you know, Fenos, Peniedis come up and... Mm -hmm. Max Egan was there and there was, you know, the AVN crew and Fluoride Free Australia. There was just a lot of people there um, at this rally and I thought it was great. You know, I, I agree with the sentiments um, about the crowd. I, I definitely think that it was, more, if not the same, yeah. yeah, a little bit higher than last time, than the, the which was a, a massive rally. And I think that's why a lot of people did potentially come to Queensland is because, 
you know, our numbers are so high up here and there's such a great energy. Uh, but I, I, I agree with the second sentiment as well that they potentially missed the ball with the introductions this time around. It didn't really keep the energies going. I've spoken to a couple people who said that they just left the rally. Like they, the, the indigenous ceremonies went on for so long and there was no clear indication of what was going on and people mm-hmm. were just meditating and which again, I'm not knocking that there's a place and a time for all of that. But you know, you, you really want to get everyone's energies high and the spirits lifted at the start of a rally. And it got a bit confusing and everyone was sort of just sitting under the trees and, and everything. So I agree with that sentiment um, because, you know, those numbers, which were great, could have been even greater with, you know, at least a couple of people that I've spoke to said that they, they really just took off because they didn't think anything was happening. They thought it was just mm. a picnic in a park, mm. you know, so I, I've, all around, I thought it was a good day. Um, I think, and again, I'm not knocking the promoters. They do a fantastic job. And once it got kicked off, the speeches were fantastic. Um, I just think it's, it's um, something that they can work on in future. But yeah. regardless of that, it was a great day. We marched through the city. There's plenty of um, footage out there that, mm-hmm. you know, yourself, Pixel Studios and everything captured. So, you know, there's still... There's a way that, you know, for those people that did miss it, they can catch up and really get with that energy. So, yeah, and I hope all that, in all, yeah, same. And I'll just quickly say this to that uh, that point you just made, that if people are didn't get to attend and they do watch those the footage and the videos and the interviews and stuff, then maybe that'll spur them on to come next time. They'll see, look, it's not, you know, it's not confronting with police and they're not in your face, they're not bullying people. It's just being together, listening to some people speak and then a show of solidarity with the march and that might give people a bit more of a peace of mind and might want to turn up next time themselves you know so that's that's probably a good mm. thing that people can take from that um and yeah you're right man it was so good to catch up with you with you all for all three of us been the one's place at the one time i think we finally got a photo of all th- of all three of us i'll put that up in the in the show notes for people to have a look or a link to it or something uh, but it was good to finally yeah again catch up in person with I mean, I see Andy more than I see yourself, Ethan. But yeah, we we um, for the listeners out there, Ethan and I and uh, Andy wasn't able to unfortunately because he was <laughs> rope, roped into dropping some old lady off at home. Um, he wasn't able to wasn't able to join us for a beer, but we we went and caught up for a beer. Uh, me and Ethan, and some other people, and shout out to Graham Lyons too, who's um, come on board with one of the Patreon, and, and uh, he's also a big supporter of Ethan's. Um, so Greg and yeah. actually we got to catch up and he was awesome he's a good bloke um, got to share him a beer and I you know um, had a few beers with you guys it was really good um, of course we went to where was it the Pig and, pig and Whistle no um, yeah it was wasn't it mm, yeah, yeah I believe so in yep. the um, George King George Square and um, well yeah Mr. Uh, William Gates uh, or Gatesenberg I think I put checked in at that place because it certainly wasn't the general <laughs> that checked in <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh, they're making us required for all the covid stuff but yeah. there, there was it was a good show of numbers there would have been about you know 10 of us there so we all just um were able to just really do as we please with them not really double checking or anything yeah and that's the got to see power in numbers yeah, <laughs> and I, I love yeah it it when, even when graham sat down we were like oh yeah he's already signed in he's already done it and then the guy's like oh okay right like yeah <laughs> we just kind of yeah. bullied that guy into into pissing <laughs> off like yeah he's done it piss, piss off man you know <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely it was really cool yeah it was good to see but yeah obviously fake names fake numbers so big uh fuck you to the system i'll never i'll never put any more details on that shit and uh yeah you know, i went up to, straight to the bar to order a drink and he's like oh 
oh, you've got to sign in. You've got to show me the thing. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's so when I came over to you and we're like, and then old mate who was there first, he's like, no, no, you just sign in on the, on the on the other thing. I'm like, oh, beautiful. And then we've just mm. grabbed their tablet and <laughs> filled in some uh, some details. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, that was, was great. Good. Yeah, it was really It was great. And, and shout out to Graham. It's always really good to meet members and mm. you know catch up with like-minded people who really appreciate your work you know it's really what we do this all for so you know i really really appreciate that and it's really positive energy to be around mm. well graham actually joined up as one of my um uh the, the top tier the join in tier so i'm going to get him on one of the podcasts to have a chat as well and get it we'll get him on the air and <laughs> i'll get you on for that episode too ethan it'd be good just have uh, let Graham have his um, yeah have his speak and we'll we'll throw some topics at him. It will be an interesting episode, I think. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to tee that up with him. Yeah. Anyway, sure. moving on, boys. Um, we mentioned it. Or Andy, um, of course, alluded to it just before. And of course, today is Monday, the 29th of March. Uh, recording this just in the early evening, around 7:30 now. But boys, um, COVID has uh, has reared its ugly head again. Some. Uh, some old mate was tested positive through the week, and uh, yeah, now we're finding ourselves in lockdown because coronavirus apparently only strikes uh, after five pm, and uh, now we we've got three days to eradicate this uh, this beast before life moves on. Isn't that right, uh, Andy? Hey, yeah, that's right. You were supposed right. to do your little boxing thing tonight at the gym, but uh, that was kiboshed. <laughs> but it would have been all right if I'd started that at like three thirty to five. It would have been fired. I wouldn't have caught the Rona, yeah. but the Rona, the Rona is deadly after five on the twenty ninth. <laughs> you know, when you first told me actually that you were going to um, go, you had your boxing tonight, and you weren't going to get on until like quarter past seven. I was like, oh, I was going to be like, harder, better, faster, stronger. Like you're like the machine. <laughs> no, no, when you don't kill me, can only make me stronger. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Andy. Oh, yeah. You're a fit yeah, yeah, bastard. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I found yeah. out for the first time that you're actually a vegetarian. And on the, on the during the the rally, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. I'm like, what? Since when? Well, I always sort of lent that way, uh, you know, like, but like I have I have been going hardcore veggie, like, um, really, really into it, like, probably in the last year. Yeah. Well, I just fucking smoked myself up another brisket on the weekend, so <laughs> screw you, Andy. No. <laughs> you, you enjoy it. That's all good. That's all good. No uh, judgment for anyone. No, nah, no, nah, none for me, for you, man. I'm just messing with you. It's all good. Good on you, man. Yeah, you're looking fit and healthy, brother. Just sort of mentioned that. Um, but yeah, so, all right, boys, let's, let's delve into this lockdown um, business here because there's a few points I wanted to sort of raise with this particular issue, right? Um, where are we now? We are... What's on this Friday, boys? Someone chime in. Uh, uh, Easter. Easter. Friday. Friday, that's right. So right in the week leading up to the holidays, they lock us down again. So school. I um, I sort of just made note of this and I thought, if they're going to do it, this was like uh, the other day when I first heard there was a case in Brisbane again. I'm like, oh, here we go. I started thinking to myself, well... I know my daughter's finished all her assessments. My son's finished his assessments at school and tests and exams and all that sort of shit. I'm like, this last week of, of school before holidays is just, they're like, you know, don't do too much in class or they'll get a head start on the next term staff, you know, because 
it's all done. They don't have to really worry about it. And to the point where even where the school texted all the parents and said, make sure you still turn up this week because we're going to start um, getting into topics for next term's you know, schooling. So you know, there's still stuff to do, basically. Instead of, you know, basically that was their way of saying, don't go away on holidays. You know, we still need you at school. And then literally about two hours later on in the morning, that's when um, Palachuk goes up and says, oh, we're locking down. So then the school sent an email out a little bit later on saying, "Uh, yeah, so um, no school unless you have to drop kids off because they're, um, you know, uh, essential work, students of essential workers and all that sort of shit. Otherwise, you know, they they have to still go to school, of course. But everyone else, it's uh, an extended Easter holiday. So... Uh, that was perfect timing, I thought. You know, just before, like I said, they only did it just before. Uh, you know, all the all the students have finished all their exams. They don't want to inconvenience all the schools. Just make sure they've got all that done last week, which they did. And of course, now the lockdown. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up too, boys. Uh, of course, you know, I only came across this this afternoon, and I probably should have considered it earlier. But lo and behold. Um, Okay, so this was on the health.qld.gov.au website, and I have put this up on the Real News Australia Facebook page, so you can check this as well, folks, but I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay, so during a public health emergency, the chief officer can issue public health directions to assist in containing or to respond to the spread of COVID-19 within the community. On the 17th of December 2020, Queensland's declared public health emergency for COVID-19 was extended to 11.59pm on Wednesday, the 31st of March, 2021. So that's in two days' time, boys. This means that uh, active public health directions with an end date of 31st of December, 2020 have been extended until the 31st of March. Directions will be progressively updated to reference the new date of March 31st, 2021. That will, of course, I'm gathering, we'll keep an eye on that website um, at... um, Queensland Health there, because I'm guarantee you that we will update that in a matter of, if not today or tomorrow, or by Thursday when it's supposed, to, uh, sorry, by uh, Wednesday when it's supposed to expire, they will of course extend those powers. Ethan, isn't that just uh, a massive, massive coincidence or is this all just part of the plan, mate, to continue that power grab? Yeah, General, here we are back again in the um, lockdown and, yeah, same powers that we thought had ended back then have been now extended to the 31st of March and who knows if they will end on the 31st of March, you know? Who knows if they more things will come up and they'll just extend these fake laws again, these fake restrictions that we have on us for this fake virus, you know? It's very interesting to to see that they're, you know, right on top of it, you know, and then the unification, you know, that sort of comes across government services, you know, they've all got their media campaigns out, they've all got their websites updated, they've got everything updated in a, in a matter of instances, but they can't update other things like vaccine reports and adverse websites, you know, or the ABS can't have statistics past certain years, you know, because they can't do it, but when these announcements are made, there's a there's almost a uniform approach across everything. And I think that that's interesting. Could they have, you know, known this in advance? Could this have been the plan all along? Um, it's very interesting to ask. But, yes, yeah, so we're back again till the 31st, mate. Mm, mm, that's right. Well, technically, I think they said the lockdown is supposed to, of course, end on Thursday. Uh, Thursday the 1st, isn't it? 
I didn't have a calendar in front of me. I guess I do. Where are we today? Today's the 29th, like I said. So th yeah, Thursday will be April Fool's Day. So April Fool's Day at 5 p.m. is when the um, the lockdown is supposed to end. That's what uh, the Queensland government have, have said. They've got, uh, you know, because the coronavirus, of course, you know, after will, will no longer be a threat as of 5 p.m. Thursday. But I guarantee you, folks, that as per the last one they did, uh, once they this particular lockdown ends, the restrictions will ease. They won't be removed. They'll simply just ease them again. I guarantee you masks will be probably made mandatory still for the following the following week, probably throughout Easter or the Easter holidays, or at least the first week of Easter holidays, they'll probably still make the uh, masks mandatory in certain areas and all that sort of stuff. Um, gathering numbers and all that sort of shit. They'll put limitations on them or they'll ease some of them and allow a few more here and there. Um, as they, they do, they um, they have these big sort of, you know, the big uh, mousetrap closes on everyone and then uh, only bit by bit do they sort of pry it back open and uh, let people do a few more things here and there rather than just getting rid of it all together and saying, okay, go back to where you were. They, they ease them. But how's this, uh, fellas? Uh, Andy, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this at you. So... Obviously, I've just mentioned, folks, that uh, you know the declared health emergency was due to end on the 31st of March. Now, they can actually only administer provisionally approved experimental vaccines under a declared health emergency. So if the emergency ends, guess what? So does their vax roll out, doesn't it, boys? And of course, they, we can't have that, can we, eh? You know, um, they knew they needed to extend this for their powers to enable the rollout, the continuation of this vaccine rollout. And lo and behold, wow, we had a case and let's lock everything down and give us a reason, the causation, of course, to then extend those powers, which I guarantee you folks, that's what's going to happen in the next couple of days. Keep an eye on it. They will extend those powers and Andy will, um, will they'll be allowed to continue their vaccine rollout all under those um, provisional powers granted on the Emergency Act, mate. Absolutely. Well, it's been a business plan since February 2, 2020, hasn't it, mate? Mm -hmm. So they know, know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. There's like there's a run, there's a score sheet, and there's a there's an order to things, and like it's just yeah, it's just it's plain as the nose in front of my face. So yeah, you know, we just have to work our way through it, I guess. Mm. More people, uh, the more people, and the more people that sort of become aware to this. I guess it's sort of maybe one thing that one sort of hope that we can hang on to is that the, the more that they bugger people around, the more that people are like ex waking up to this stuff. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe you know we can get to a tipping point where you know the great majority of people will say enough is enough. Fingers crossed, mate. Boys, did you also see that thing I put up as well um, with regards to one of a someone sort of redacted their name and membership number and stuff, but they had a letter come back from their health provider, Bupa, here in Australia. And um, I'll read you the letter, the letter now, but this is... We sort of talked about this with regards to, to vaccines. Oh, shit. Would have been maybe season one or something, maybe. But anyway... So this Booper representative has contacted this person, one of their members, and said, uh, I can I confirm that side effects arising from the COVID-19 vaccine are not covered under our exclusion for 
Complications from excluded or restricted conditions slash treatment and experimental treatment exclusion. If you are, and then so that so basically what they're saying is if you're injured by the COVID nineteen vaccine, your the Bupa health provider will not cover you for any of your medical expenses during that time because it's you've taken an experimental uh, vaccine, basically an experimental treatment. Uh, wow. Ethan, every uh, well, Andy, have you first of all, did you hear of that? No, I'm not. I'm not privy to that. All right. Well, again, I'll put a link in the show notes as well to uh, an image of that letter. But yeah, someone put up that. That's what they got back from their health provider. Um, Ethan, have you seen? Uh, and again, I don't know if this is 100% legit, but it looks like it, it is. It's just a letter that's on there. They got Booper letterhead. All that, all the details. It's signed. Um, so someone's obviously spoken to them on the phone and, and asked for this in writing. And this is their response, Ethan. What do you make of this, mate? Is is, is this basically where we what we saw coming? Yeah, general. It's interesting. You know, you do mention that we've spoken about this type of thing before, and I did see this post pop up. And you know, whether it's real or not, it adds weight to some of the things that we're seeing in the United States at the moment. We've actually seen a couple of gyms come out um, because of their health providers over there saying that they won't cover. Um, people for certain injuries so if they have like a type of reaction or if they collapse or something due to a reaction of the vaccine in the gym that they're not covered their insurance doesn't cover that for a business Mm. side of things so they have said that if you some gyms in the united states have said that if you do take the coronavirus vaccine you won't be allowed into the gym because we can't cover you for injury yeah this has been the advice of our health providers. So I saw this news pop up over the last week in the United States, and now you see this letter come out here in Australia. It really, it really makes things interesting. You it know, it, it draws home, into it? question, yeah, that the insurance providers know what's going on. Um, they, oh, yeah. they're, they're fully aware because they would, they're, they're in this health industry. They know what they're doing, and they would have teams of people that are researching this, researching the data that. You know, whether they agree with it or not, they would come to those conclusions. Yeah, and because... we've even seen that it's become uh, sort of mainstream here in Australia. We've got exemptions now for people with two types of um, rare blood clot diseases. Mm-hmm. They've put, put on a pre- precautionary halt. So people are out there looking at the data. And it seems that this is just another example of how they're trying to get rid of themselves of liability um, sort of under the scope and the news aren't reporting it, mate. Well, this this is going to cost... It, we, again, this is the reason why they're saying now that they're not going to cover people, why they're going to stop, you know, like you said, with regards to the gym issue, because they know they're going to go fucking broke. They will be paying out so much money and all these people who are being injured. And let's not kid ourselves, folks. The the statistics of um, the ones that have been officially recorded through VAERS and stuff in the United States alone... Uh, are through the chart, are through the roof. There's there's thousands of deaths. There's tens of thousands of injuries and and adverse events recorded because of these COVID nineteen vaccines. This is not a joke. This is not made up or, or conspiracy theory or anything. This is one hundred percent legitimate, provable. Um, but they're just turning a blind. Yeah, the mainstream media and everyone else and the governments turn a blind eye to it. But like you said, health providers who would be absolutely tapped into this sort of stuff. They would they because they don't want to, you know, any insurance company is part of their mission is to not pay out 
any money. You know, they don't want to pay money out. They just want money coming in from all the people buying their products. They don't want to have to pay out any money at all. They'll do. They'll bend over backwards to not pay out on any of your policies if they can do it. So they, of course, know that the issue is that there's a lot of people getting injured and they are going to have to be coughing up a, a fortune of money. So they need to get on the front foot and start saying to people, oh, well, like this letter says, well, because it's experimental, uh, you know, we're not covering it, you know, uh, so good luck. <laughs> Basically what they're saying, you know. This is this is a serious thing. You know? And like you said, if, if we're going to, you know, find out what's really going on behind the scenes from anyone, you know, one of the, these insurance companies are a, are a massive red flag. I mean, that should be just ringing alarm bells for the average person in the public. That's why I thought that Absolutely. letter was, um, yeah. And the other thing that I, um, you reminded me of too with regards to what's happening over in the States, boys, I'm sure you've both heard of this, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme is saying you can get free donuts if you prove that you've had your COVID-19 vaccine. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. You prove, you wow. show your proof of vaccination and you can get a free donut like every day or something they said. That was like, the that's that's how serious they were about giving away and making sure. And doesn't that go to say a lot about America, hey? Let's give you a you know, an unhealthy treat. Um, you're loaded with sugar and everything else. Something that's obviously not going to be good for you. So uh, as long as you can prove that you've had something else that's not good for you, and you'll get this little treat. Well, I also saw in response to that there was another gym in the United States or a or a gym chain, uh, Atlas Gyms or something like that in the states, where they came out and said, if um, if you can prove to us that you you're not going to get the vaccine, or if you say you're not going to get the vaccine, we'll give you like a free membership, or like there was they came out to do to counter it, which I thought was awesome. I'm like, well, what a fantastic stand to say, yeah, you're going to support the people who uh, are choosing not to inject themselves with experimental uh, vaccines. So I thought that was very well done. <laughs> had you, awesome, yeah. yeah, had you seen that, boys? Had you seen that in the in the, in the news at all? No, no, not at all. That's hilarious. I saw the crispy. I did see them. I saw the crispy cream one yeah. on the other you know, that gym. So, well, <laughs> but uh, Full yeah, on, look, you know, it, it has been. It's been. It, it's just been so crazy lately. Uh, just nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, same, mate. They'll try anything, yeah. eh? And I saw it. There was another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the company was, but there was another similar thing. It was in the states. It was you know prove you got the vaccine and you'll get some free shit from us. It was another company, another big chain over there as well, doing the, basically the exact same thing. Uh, it's just abhorrent behavior, in my opinion. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention while we're sort of talking about the States, boys, uh, I mentioned this in the pre-show. I'm not sure if you've heard this too, of course. New York will officially begin requiring vaccine passports on April 2nd. That's a headline out of the dailywire.com. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes for everyone. Oh, Andy's left the chat there for some reason. I'm sure he'll join back in shortly. Um, I'll, I'll pair on here. All right, so this one basically says, New Yorkers will be required to show vaccine passports, proof that they have received a COVID-19 vaccine in order to re-enter society. The New York Post reported that the Excelsior Pass will would officially launch on April 2, following an announcement from Governor Cuomo. Similar to a mobile airline boarding pass, individuals will be able to either print out their pass or store it on their smartphones using the Excelsior Pass Wallet app. Set of press release about the program. 
Each pass will have a secure QR code, which participating businesses and venues can scan using a companion app to verify proof of 19 negative test results or proof of vaccination. An individual's data is kept secure and confidential at all times, blah, blah, blah. And it says the app won't show any health information when scanned. It'll only show a green check mark if the person has been vaccinated or tested negative, uh, negatively or a red X if they haven't. Major venues such as Madison Square Garden and Times Union Centre in Albany will begin using the app next week on April 2nd. Excelsior Pass uh, will expand to smaller arts and entertainment and event venues. So they're starting starting big and, of course, going to spread it out to places like, you know, things like wedding receptions and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, of course, there's a bit more in the article there as well. But there we go, boys. So, uh, again, we've everyone's been saying this is coming, and here it is. Uh, Australia will, of course, follow suit. They will attempt to do the same thing. They've been talking about it uh, in, you know, secret cabinet meetings and closed-door cabinet meetings and how they're going to try and roll out this exact same situation. Uh, I did talk about it in a former piece, which I did talk about on a previous show, which uh, was the uh, tap and, and display app that they're trying to roll out on the tap and display technology. You know, forget tap and pay. It's all about tap and display now. So display your COVID-19 uh, vaccination status. Full on, hey boys. Um, I'll, I'll throw to Ethan first because Andy sort of rejoined the conversation halfway through. Ethan, man, so US... Of course, New York powering ahead. Governor Cuomo, all, all, you know, well entrenched in the deep state, uh, powering ahead with uh, with the with this narrative of um, similar to you know the Jews in uh, Nazi Germany with their yellow stars they had to wear. Now you're going to have your you have to have your green tick, mate. That's it, mate. Papers, please. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't be able to go anywhere. And yeah, here we go. It's what we've spoken about for the last 12 months really warning about you know like i i remember writing an article saying that vaccine passports were coming as soon as bill gates said it in april of 2020 Mm -hmm. you know and here we are and we've started to see this sort of happen all across the world but you know it still is shocking when you start to see it roll out because as you mentioned general it's it's going to be coming here you know we saw biden obviously say back in january that he signed an executive order to, you know, initiate the rollout of immunity passports specifically for domestic travel and then would expand that to other facets of life. And now the states are taking these measures on board and there's so many different apps and companies involved and it's just going to be a complete disaster. You know, we've seen other countries, you know, Israel, we've seen Europe are starting to roll them out, India, the United Kingdom um asia as well asia are now starting to to get immunity passports there on the ground especially in korea and essentially it's it's we're seeing the manifestation of what's eventually going to come here and what's going to come here is um what has been described by um claire wenham who is an assistant professor of global health policy at the london school of economics she wrote a great piece where she talks about how immunity passports in this era of vaccine coercion is going to create a vaccine apartheid. And look at what's going to happen in New York. If you're not, you have to have one of these to re-enter society, mate. You know, you actually have to have one of these passports to go everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's mass coercion. So what's going to happen to the people who can't get these passports or who refuse to get them? They're going to be blacklisted from society. 
And this is apartheid. This is going to cause a massive divide between the new poor class, which will be the people that refuse the vaccine or don't take the vaccine because they can't, versus those who um, have taken their concoction of injections to be able to lead their lives in a normal way. You know, it's it's. I think she hit the nail right on the head there. And here we are in New York, another example of immunity passports and apps that are going to be that are going to be coming out. Yeah, mate, you put that article up. I just had checking your site while you were talking. And uh, so, fourteenth of May, twenty twenty. Uh, the article is: Are immunity passports and vaccine tattoos coming? Uh, we'll just go past the vaccine tattoo stuff. Uh, and down the bottom where you've got, uh, well, yeah, first of all, you've got a quote from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation says, oh, oh, well, from a company that says, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation came to us and said, hey, we have a real problem knowing who's vaccinated. They said, we go on vaccination campaigns where people get into hummus, drive to a rural village, set up a tent and start immunizing people. But they don't always know who's been immunized before and what vaccines are still needed. Uh, and then further down in that piece where you've got COVID-19 and immunity passports. And here we go, you know, Nine News put out a poll, would immunity passports or certificates be a sensible way of returning, uh, quickly returning life to normal? Um, you know, that was one of the polls they put up. Uh, and one of the quotes there is, what we'll have to have is certificates of who's recover, who's a recovered person, who's a vaccinated person, because you don't want people moving around the world where you'll have some countries that won't have it under control. So way back then, like just like you said at the beginning, mate. Way back then, in uh, beginning, in, yeah, in May last year, yeah, when you wrote this as well, um, yeah, we were talking yeah. about it then, and here it is. It's rolling out into action, and so I'll put a link in the show notes for that. But don't forget as well, folks. Uh, let me just bring this one up. So you've also got um, from the third of March this year, only a recent one. Qantas begins trial of digital vaccine passports. You know what I mean? So there's also that article as well talking about the rollout of digital vaccine passports in that's, Australia. That's it, mate. Yeah, and it's already here, you it know. It is they've already rolled, here. They started rolling them out a couple of weeks ago in their airports. So for it started for their staff, and now it's that's what you have to do for international travel now for Qantas. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's already here. You know, it's just we're seeing the rest of the world really manifest where it's headed. You know, New York, a perfect example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but you're right, mate. It's all there, and and we've been speaking about it for the last eighteen, twelve, eighteen months or so. So yeah, yeah exactly, mate. Uh, so we, yeah, we were telling you this was coming, and of course here it is. Uh, Andy, I know you sort of you disconnected there, but you're back on uh, line now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've obviously got the gist of what we were discussing there. I was just talking about in the beginning how yeah, yeah. New York uh, Governor Cuomo has said that as of in you know a couple of days' time, April second. They're literally rolling out. You have to have this app to get into places and prove that you've had your vaccine in order to re-enter society. They were the words they are used. It's incredible, isn't it? Do you I want, mean... Would you want to re-enter that society, Andy, first of all? <laughs> no, of course <laughs> yeah, not. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you know, like this is, um, this is the great divide, isn't it? You know, like this is, this is them and us, really. And, and, Really, people who want body autonomy and, and freedom for uh, from medical coercion, I mean, it really is growing when you see, you know, some of the posts from social media on very average sites like Channel 7 or Channel 9 and you, and you see 
a great majority of people really, really slamming any kind of coercion in regards to vaccines or anything mm. like that coming mm. out from the people. I, you know, I can't see how it's they can get away with it long term unless they sort of start really, you know, dumbing down people with, with well, other kind of technology or, or, or influences. But I have a thought on that, Andy. Now, so... The the people like for example, let's just take the people who attended the march, right? Us, we yeah. the uh, awake type people, you know, fighting for our freedom, not putting up with this, becoming a vocal minority rather than a quiet minority. We're now a vocal minority. So whenever these news yeah. outlets put this stuff on, you know, social media, that's where we all we all congregate. You know what I mean. So we get on there and hammer the shit out of them and make them look like buffoons, giving them you know, like I said in previous shows, the ha ha laughing emoji reaction to these um, things that they put up or the anger ones, are far outweigh the positive reactions that they want. So it makes them look stupid online in regards to that sort of stuff. But when they go ahead and just do it. All the fucking normies that are the asleep majority just toe the line. They, and that's how they get away with it because they all just go along to get along. They go along and do what they're told and have no thought. And that, or they, they eat and eat up and believe the hype of this, you know, scamdemic and stuff. That's how they get away with it, mate. We're all sitting here blowing up and, and getting all aggressive and, and, you know, calling the bullshit for what it is. But it falls on deaf ears. Our reactions and our comments, and, and you can read the vast majority, oh my God, it's like 99.9% negative and you know, trash in these stupid news outlets for all the bullshit they're putting out and the way that they're trying to put, you know, pose things and alter society and social engineering and all that sort of shit. They're getting smashed in the comments, smashed on the reactions and all that sort of stuff. You know, All we need to do is look at the, the groups we're in and stuff. We see it ourselves, don't we, Andy? But yeah. when they, they just go ahead and do it, like these lockdowns, they just go and do it again. And like mm. we said, you and I, you said to me this afternoon, there's already people wearing masks before the 5 p.m. curfew sort of bullshit stuff. You know, they didn't have to do it until 5 p.m. onwards, but they do it now. I was, I was seeing it myself. I was emptying a load of waste at the tip today from work, and a guy reversed up next to me, an Asian bloke, of course. No offense to Asians out there, but you guys are the mask-wearing army, I can tell you now. Pulls up next to me. And he sort of looks at me and gives me a no, and I just shouted at him and said, uh, what did I say again? I said, oh, I said, take that thing off, mate. You're going to kill yourself wearing that. And he just sort of stood up and looked at me, and I just went on about my business. I'm like, but that was at um, 1 o'clock. So four hours before he yeah. had to put it on, he was more than happy to wear that mask, you know what I mean? And then as soon as we go to pick up the kids from school and stuff, mask wearers all over the place already. I'm like, you don't have to wear it, period. But also, you don't. If you want to go ahead and with their rules, you don't have to do it until five pm. Why now? You just either are you virtue signaling or are you just that fucking stupid? But that's what the most of the people are like, Andy. That's why they get away with it because of that that majority of people that um, are in that in that band, mate. So we have to sort of think about a life that is like that is separated, if if you like. And maybe this is only something that will happen for like a few years. But you think about like entertainment and things like that, you know, and how conditioned we are to, you know, major sporting events and, you know, that that local restaurant and, 
you know, um, major shopping centers and that sort of thing. Look, if it goes on, then like we just find different things, different ways to occupy, entertain ourselves or, or, or to see or do. You know, maybe maybe as a collective, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of us. We we set up trestle tables in the in a park on a Sunday or something. Or maybe we just do mm, something. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying you know? for sure. Yeah, um, we need a show of force and to say that you know we're not going to put up with it. We're going to create our own system, our own you know like-minded society in a sense, and and, and skew off. You know, and make yeah. our own path. And we've talked about this in previous shows before that that's the way. So they're sort of they're kind of they're forcing our hand. You know, what I mean, that's that they're they're putting us in this position. They are forcing us to skew off and go our own way. Um, and, you know, and you know, fuck them. They can have their society that they want, and we'll build our own. You know, along the that's side right. over here. Like I mentioned that before. And you imagine that you know the, the parallel railway tracks. We're on one side, and they're on the other sort of thing. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, man. Um, I do. Um, and I think to a degree that is happening. I, I do think that it is actually happening quietly in the wings. It's just not really known about, to be honest. So it's not big enough yet that it's it's made uh, you know a, a big impact. But things like these rallies where all of us are turning up to and you know showing our support, you know, like Tricky even was saying that he had, you know, they're buying more equipment, buying, you know, bigger gazebo things and tables and, you know, equipment and all that because it's there's 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 a need for it there's more people turning up there's more people want to see it and hear it and you know they're buying all the the shirts and the caps and they're showing it there's a show of force and stuff it is there it's happening it's just not to the point where it's you know i guess a big thing yet. to be honest i don't i I, this is where i may not technically agree with you i don't think it needs to be seen it just needs to be there because you don't really want to draw too much attention to it because you don't want them then then trying to, to clamp down and close it down and shut us down and you know draw that negative kind of attention to it. You want you want to just be there and have it and people are like oh what what's that over there that looks good. I, I would rather be there not wearing a mask and enjoying company of like minded individuals than being forced to wear a mask and social distancing from people. I might go and join them. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. It'll become cool. I th- yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It will become that that niche thing that everyone wants to become involved in, and I, I I actually do see it sort of sort of going that way now. To be honest, you know, just again, just because of the sheer numbers and the and the vibe and the energy we see at these rallies, it it, it does make me feel hopeful that that is happening in the wings. You know, or well, they're kind of they're ready to go at a moment's notice. Yeah. You feel like you could tap into that and say, "Hey, everyone, we're having a big." feast in the park bring it bring a plate of food and we'll see you there you know sunday at 5 p.m you know and everyone just before you know it, there's fucking 200 300 people there you're like awesome you know like that would happen i guarantee that, that sort of thing would happen if you if you said it and put it out there uh, that's that's my point and mm-hmm. that's and that's where i think that we're heading you know like with homeschooling and and that kind of like entertainment type of level uh, meet at a beach or something like that and like you've always said too, General, if 2,000 people or even 200 people go and meet at the park, what are the local police going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. You know, like... like yeah, go, like and, go and call your riot squad. Go and try and shut us down. We'll put you all over social media. You know what I mean? And we'll, we'll just take you to court. You know, like, fine us. Do whatever you want. It won't stick. Oh, it's just a, the fines will get it, chucked it, out. You know? I think when you probably get over, say, 300 people, I think it becomes a big problem for police. Because it, it, then they have to really like take it to another level and and bring in teams from elsewhere. So you know, like 
Flash Flash Freedom Mobs, mate. <laughs> flash Freedom Mobs. I don't know. Like, do do whatever puts a smile on your face. Yeah, and you, oh. right at the moment, going to South Bank and lining up and having all these QR codes and all this crap on all these signs and, and do this and do all that sort of... It doesn't put a smile on my face one one little bit. Mm. Uh, and I'm not interested. It just It's not a night out when, when all of that's around you. You know, people might... Other people might think going out and doing this and doing that and complying with this and sitting down with your you know your your loved one like with a mask on your face and then moving it just to shove a a, a fork with food in your mouth and then putting it back in your face and you thinking that's going to be the like the new normal well i'm sorry i'm not interested i'm not interested one bit i'll go and sit on a beach with some mates and and throw and throw a rug on the floor and and look at the surf before i do anything like that so that's that's where my mentality is heading, and, I'm, and and there's hundreds that think the same way. So it's not all bad just to, like, change, you know, like step out of society a little bit. I think it's a healthy thing. Yeah. I, well, yeah. yeah. I, I, we, I think we definitely have some good points there as well. Um, no. Yeah. Ethan, you, 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 what do you want to tap in? you want to add anything to that um, discussion there at all, mate? No, not really, General. I agree with Andy's sentiments. Um, we've spoken quite at length about this concept of the great split and that mm. people, you know, this is finally the time that people will, who are meant to see the messages of the 311 mind virus unveiling, you know, they will see what's coming, they will see the messages and they will avoid, you know, this dystopian nightmare that is coming. Um, and, and I agree with Andy. In more and more people that I meet are just more interested in, in just leaving their jobs and heading out and traveling and, you know, just forming remote communities and seeing what they can do, you know, backpacking and all this type of stuff. People are just, um, some people are, are pretty tired of the system and tired of where this thing is going and the constant perpetual lockdowns and mask mandates and not being able to fly here and not being able to fly there and, you know shouldering and elbowing people at work and all this type of stuff people are just um over it and i think that there is to andy's point a whole group of people that are growing more and more disenfranchised with this way of life it's different from every other psychological operation we've ever been under and there will be more and more people especially as these vaccine passports get to australia and start to become a facet of everyday life that will disconnect that will form their own communities and that will um, take the initiative to not go down that path. The next question, though, is, you know, are they prepared for that? You know, I've, sp I've shared my thoughts on this on, on TOTTnews.com, but it's almost like they could be prepared for that as well. So it's just going to be a constant game. But I agree with Andy that there is some type of split coming and, you know, you'd be crazy to continue down this path. It's not for me. As Andy said, some people might enjoy this type of stuff. They might enjoy the augmented AI, brave new world-esque um, control system of pleasure that we're heading to, which is, it, you know, it's already been in motion for decades now, but this system of ultimate pleasure and convenience that will control people, it's not for me. And I think that other people feel the same way as well. Can I, can I just, let's just head back to what you said originally. The you said the three eleven mind virus. Can you elaborate on? Is that what you said? And if you if it is, can you just elaborate on what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, general. Um, so three eleven. Um, this is where I sort of get into the more esoteric 
um, work that I've been doing behind um, the nine, uh, the three eleven coronavirus saga since it was first declared a pandemic on three eleven last year, mm-hmm. and so that was March eleventh, twenty twenty. They officially declared it a pandemic, and from there, I, I just call it the mind virus because, as we know, Corona is derived from the word crown, and crown in a lot of uh, medical circles means the cranium means the mind is is used to describe a lot of things relating to consciousness and and the head so it literally is translated to the mind virus where we are subject to the mind virus at the moment corona is the crown virus the mind virus and that's why you know there is no real boogeyman virus that is going to get us but there is a plague that is infecting people from this continuous programming of of just all day and lockdowns and and submission and ritualistic nature that they have to go through this is the mind virus you know com- com- combined with a almost enforced sense of trauma on a lot of people that believe that their loved ones have died from the virus and things like that a lot of people are going through dark periods in their life through this um, saga you know a lot of their lives have been shaken up this is what it really is. It's mm. not a, a virus that's going to kill you. It's a mind virus. Yep. And it was declared on 3.11. Ever since then, we've seen 3.11 symbology everywhere um, in the media. Uh, Rev- Revelation 3.11 actually says, hold on to what you have because I'm coming to take your crown. So <laughs> once again, there's Can I... crown. Okay, you're freaking <laughs> I me out. I could go on for a while. You're freaking yes. the... <laughs> me out. What do you remember? What episode we're up to? What episode are we up to? Season three, number eleven. <laughs> oh, oh no way! Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm not you joking. How good is uh, that? <laughs> there you go. Synchronicities <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, that's just that's just amazing. And what are we it's... talking about? The fucking Corona bullshit again. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That'll blow John away too. JLB, that's that's yeah. just for you, brother. Oh, yeah, he'll appreciate that's that. On yep. his, yeah. Uh, that's that's amazing. You Isn't see everything. On, hey? Yeah, everything's linked and 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 everything is connected. You know, so that's that's phenomenal. But yeah, yeah that's what the three eleven. To explain what the three eleven mind virus is on episode season three eleven. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there we go. Uh, I, I don't have to explain anymore. That that sums it all up better than I ever could. Yeah, there we go. Let's let's I can we'll, talk we'll, about we'll... <laughs> symbology and synchronicity and go on for hours, but that right there sums it all up. Well, let's just <laughs> um, throw this out there. Just let everyone know. Just interject now if you could. Where everyone can actually find you to listen to uh, you speak about this sort of stuff. How can they get on board to listen to you talk about this sort of stuff? Uh, yep, so I, I talk a lot about this stuff in the, the membership section of the website, but there is a um, an article on TOTT News that I would recommend. It's for free subscriber accounts and higher, so you don't have to be a member of the website, just have to be a free uh, subscriber, and it's called Synchro Mysticism and the Mind Virus. It's a feature piece that um, free subscribers get you know months later that's sort of derived from my larger membership pieces so that's available for free if you want to go um, check that out that only has you only require a free account on the website and I sort of detail a little bit there what 
the 311 phenomena is and some of my links to, you know, the book of Revelations and, you know, how we see in Revelations that there's a plague that, um, you know, infects man's souls and there's, um, you know, the army of Jesus are the ones that have to split away and hold truth to their values and the gospel of truth is condemned worldwide. Or, you know, all of these synchromistic links, um, you know, Bill Gates, William Henry Gates, adds up to 201 he was the host of event 201 um you know there's there's a lot of information that i i like to sort of explore the deeper side of things the occult symbolism behind them so i recommend anyone out there just head over and check out that free article and see if you can crack the mind virus code it's it's a very deep rabbit hole let me tell you beautiful all right awesome man thanks for letting us know that's great thanks for letting me um, share that with people there it's it's sort of a topic you know a bit disconnected from what we were talking about before but i think that once people research it they'll find that it's it's more connected than they may think it well, is that's just it people often sit there wondering when they hear all this information they read the things you put out and they go you know they sort of sit there and they're kind of left thinking how could this be like why what there's got to be more to this there's got to be another level to it well there is and there you go. Ethan goes into it a bit more, and of course, you can head over to um, you know my Patreon bonus content show as well, where we do deep dives into topics as well. Um, and we will yep. be doing one on gematria and uh, the hidden symbology kind of stuff as well coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. I've got a guest teed up to do that in a couple of weeks, which would be awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah so. Perfect. Uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, there is way more. There's layers upon layers of this stuff. But um, yeah, you're kind of just scratching the surface. But I hope that whets a few people's appetite. Um, Boys, let's move on. I wanted to throw this out there and get your thoughts on this. And Andy, I might cross to you first just to see if you've dug up anything or you've had anything come up on your radar at all with regards to what it means with regards to the Evergreen Freighter that has been uh, found itself jammed Austin Powers style, you know, in the in the middle of the corridor there, can't go, and it's wedged itself in in the Suez Canal. Mate, um, yeah, do you, you obviously know of this event? Uh, what do you, what does it mean for yeah. us? Is there a deeper level to this? Feel free to hypothesize and theorize with this, and lay on any conspiracy <laughs> theories if you want. I'm going to go there, so um, yeah, don't 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 feel that you can't do it. But yeah, what do you think, man? Give us your take on this. Uh, I don't know. I think I think the um, like probably the outer end of the conspiracy world has sort of like blown up about this thing. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of bullshit being spoken about it too, and you know, dicks being drawn out, drawn by GPS coordinates by this ship, and like you know, That's real and then though, there's isn't talk it? about. I've, I thought that was. I don't legit. know, man. What's real anymore? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but and then there's and then there's talk about oh, this company's been involved in you know, like slavery and child trafficking and all this sort of thing and that's the ships that they move to move all of these people around and stuff so so i don't know it's it's just like lately i'm sort of taking it with a little bit of a, a grain of salt um maybe it was just an unfortunate like you know shipping accident where the thing you know the the uh skipper put put the boat too much to one side of the bank and and hooks this massive ship up on it. Maybe it was just a, just what you see is how it was. But um, yeah, my verdict's out on that one at the moment. But there was there was also uh, you know images of a truck that went sideways on a freeway and ever, evergreen one in China. Yeah, saw. it was an evergreen <laughs> um, 
container transport truck yeah yeah so um <laughs> blocking a highway yeah i saw that yeah i mean look, talk about synchro- talk about synchronicities and coincidences yeah. it's pretty full on though <laughs> It was mad, but we don't know for sure when that photo was taken or anything. It's you know, it's all a bit. People people like to get carried away and like to be center of attention when it comes to you know strange events in the world. I did see a mainstream media outlet actually publish and uh, you know share that image of the truck as well, claiming it was only you know like within the day or two of of that image being put around. Like it was, it actually did happen. Mm. It was recent. And one, one just, thing, I just can't, I can't believe the size of these ships. They are absolutely yeah. incredible, huge. Yeah. Just stacked to the brim with like all of these shipping containers. It blows me away. It really does. And um, the Suez Canal really doesn't, it doesn't seem that big at all. It seems like only just big enough to accommodate the bulk of this thing. Well, they have, so, they've got all these locks, so... You know, they'll, they'll have like a stretch of like, I don't know, however long the distance is. And, you know, they pass through and then they get put in this section and then it, you know, the next section, I don't know, like fills up or whatever. And then they're able to then, you know, go through the next section. And, you know, that's how it all works. It's cause my parents actually went through it on a cruise ship and he was, my dad was fascinated okay. by it. He was blown away by it as well. He said it's pretty impressive stuff. Um, yeah. But so, all right, well, I I saw some information come out that you're right. You mentioned the whole, on if you were tracking the satellite imagery of where this sh- ship was going, it was heading on a course straight for the Suez Canal like all the others do. And, you know, again, these, these big ships, you know, they still have captains and pilots and stuff on board these things, but they're largely controlled by, you know, navigation systems. That run these things but this ship from the you know the gps and satellite record of where it goes you're right it it drew a dick a dick and balls on its if you track the imagery and people have done the course and gone this is this is the course it took it went on a big like hours and hours long course off off where it was supposed to go drew the big dick and balls and did a big loop and then went straight into the canal you know, it was just whether maybe it wasn't its turn to go through. Um, and they told it to delay its course. I found it strange that they kept going rather than just sort of sitting idle or making just small circles. Instead, the course it took literally drew a dick and balls. Um, pretty full on. Uh, and then it goes, you know, it's it's passing through the canal like hundreds of ships do every, every week, every day, whatever it is. The amount that they get through and... Yeah, prayer, I'm not too sure, but and then all of a sudden, you know, this happens. So what I'm saying is, since the canal was built, you know, way back when, there's never, you know, I I couldn't see a time where this had happened before, where a ship this big wedged itself in there, but this one, this particular one, did. Um, so the very strange that all of a sudden this massive big ship can't control its its course on a straight line and and turns suddenly to wedge itself in amongst the banks. Um, very, very peculiar in, in, in my point of view. So normally, you know, like I said, that it's a, you know, that shouldn't happen. It, it just shouldn't happen. There's so many safeguards in place for these things to, on, you know, and it's not like these are rough waters. It, it's just a canal. It's calm water. It's dead, flat, straight stuff. But it got mm. stuck. It wasn't, and wind, wind cannot affect these massive big bulk carriers like this. Like, and someone said the wind at the time was, 
like only 50 k's an hour. Like it wasn't even a massive strong wind. So you know these things would 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 cop more of a blast out in the ocean rather than uh, in in a small canal. You know where where gusts of wind or wind storms or whatever would probably happen there all year round at certain times. So again, that's very strange if they said the official story was that the wind blew it off and it suddenly wedged itself. But they would again have fail safes and countermeasures in place if the ship suddenly started to change heading. It would autocorrect. It would you know it would. And the people on board and the steering the thing would know it was going off course. They would they would re readjust. You know what I mean? Like it's there's too many things. Yeah, there's lots of things that can go wrong, but there's too many things in place for these things to to be fixed and to so accidents like this and major disasters like this don't happen. Uh, I'm not saying that they don't. And then, hey, stranger things have happened. The other thing I noticed um, that someone was mentioning that. There were U.S. Navy maneuvers happening on the eastern end of the canal area, and there was the Russian Navy were doing maneuvers on the entrance western side of the canal area, and all of a sudden this thing gets blocked in the middle. So there was, you know, perhaps maybe I'm not sure if, you know, what the deal is there. You got the Russians and American facing off again, and then what do we hear in the news? I'm sure I don't know if you guys heard it, but. Uh, I think over the weekend or Sunday or one of the Today Show, one of the TV networks was apparently hacked. And they, they of course, didn't blame China. Uh, they blamed the Russians for the hack, hacking in their TV network and stuff. Um, you know, we got Biden over in the States blaming the Russians again for everything. Um, uh, putting the spotlight back on Russia as their little, well, let's blame Russia for anything that goes wrong or any cyber stuff that happens. It's all Russia rather than China because, of course, he's in bed with China. As uh, as we are, of course, here in Australia. So lots of just these odd things that were surrounding this particular event, and of course, then on top of that, we've got this as a result of this event, the all the oil companies around the world decided, oh, that's this is a great great reaction. Let's let's raise the, all the petrol bears prices because they know that there's going to be uh, perhaps you know uh, issues with regards to oil supply for uh, anyone any ships passing through the canal delivering oil to you know certain parts of the world and so forth um and of course then delivery and freight and goods and you know goods being uh, transported from different parts of the world that, that pass through you know uh, so there's going to be supply supply chain issues uh, maybe that's another reason to perhaps bulk up i mean to uh, bump up prices on things but there's a whole bunch of stuff like that ethan um i'll throw to you You've obviously heard of the incident, and what's what's that's my take on it. That it, it, to me, there seems more to this than the official story of the wind blew the tanker off course, not the tanker, but the bulk cargo carrier off course, and that's how it got stuck. To me, that's that doesn't to me that doesn't sit well. Doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Yeah, for sure, General. It doesn't doesn't make sense, um, and particularly the nature in the way that it's um, been covered. You know, it's it's been very sort of widespread in terms of the effects that it's going to have. And it just doesn't make sense, as you said, that there's so many safeguards in place that this Suez Canal, which is like, what, 400 metres in length across, you know... The width um, of it. Yeah, the width of yeah. to get through the boat. So it's this tiny corridor with all of these safeguards to get through, and then all of a sudden this boat comes wedged, you know? So I always try to look into some of the deeper things behind events. And the first time that I saw this, I 
obviously thought the facts were very interesting. They're saying it's going to take three weeks for this to be unwedged, that it's going to cause... I was actually watching a Sky News report last night which was talking about people have mapped out the amount of ships that are backed up and if they want to go around the bottom of Africa, they have to pay an extra $300,000 euro or whatever for a lot of their ships if they want to get it around and it'll take them another four or five days to get to their destination or they can sit there and wait. So this is trying to be this wedge from supposedly just blowing over even though it's hundreds of thousands of tons heavy. And... It's very interesting. So I looked into it and going back to what we were speaking before about Dramatria and numbers and symbols, you know, Evergreen actually adds up to 99 and 99 is a very uh, symbolic number, which a lot of people in numerology um, refer to, you know, spiritual people, mystics, all this type of stuff. They refer to it as a type of higher force that's trying to communicate with you. It's trying to send a message and the numbers nine and nine are symbolic of the end of something and the beginning of something new. So it could just be something small that I'm looking into, but I feel that almost every single news event that ever happens is is put there for a, a coded reason. And these these events, you know, could almost, as you're saying, break down of food supplies, trade's going to be affected. This could be the symbolic world news event that sort of signifies the great reset of world trade just a small little thing that we we don't really see that we won't ever really register but it's there programmed on our screens to show that things are changing you know biden signed the massive economic stimulus bill that's going to really affect the united states over time to come trade wars are continuing to to beef up and now all of a sudden this ship just gets wedged in the middle of the Suez Canal and it's makes world news and it's not going to be out for three weeks. You know, for me, it's almost like, yes, there'll be effects, but it's just their way of programming that, Hey, this is, this is what's going to come. There's going to be a massive shakeup of, of world trade supplies of, of food and everything like that. And this is our way of symbolically um, programming the collective for that. Mm, but that's point. just my thoughts, you know, because I don't really think, I'm not really a subscriber to that whole thing that the 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 economy is just going to collapse overnight, and you know these um, these whole theories like back in the day when the Strait of Hormuz would get blocked or would be shut down or something, and everyone said it's going to be you know total disaster. There's going to be world wars and navy ships are about to fight each other and all this stuff. I don't subscribe to that side of things. I think that there's probably a more esoteric reason behind it. Things will get cleaned up there'll be an effect on on society but it's really just to signify um a reset of the world trade system mm. you know a, a trade boat that adds up to 99 evergreen is letting us know um yeah that's right and i, I mean technically like things like oil prices and all that sort of stuff shouldn't be affected by us really i guess and trade because all our trade literally is 
all of them, a large majority of it is all Asian based. So we're just going from Australia up to China and the Asian countries, which doesn't we don't really exactly yeah we don't really rely too heavily on the stuff passing through there and all that sort of thing. You know that's I guess more America and Europe perhaps that's probably going to be affected by that, not necessarily us. One thing I did want to point out yeah. though that the ship is the name of the ship isn't actually Evergreen. Evergreen is actually the name. It's Evergreen Marine, I think it's called, is the name of the liner company that that that's just the company name. Um, the the name of the actual ship is called Ever Given. Uh, so E E V R space G I V E N. So maybe check that one with your Jamatra as well, Ethan, and just and just suss that. Oh name. yeah, I did. I did see that. It just says their company name on the side of the ship. That's yeah. what's broadcasted to people. Yeah. So you, all you see is Evergreen on all of the packages on the side of the ship. So, you know, that's the word that is more likely to be looked into because that's what's being broadcast right, okay. gotcha. to people. Yeah. But yeah, you are right. It's it's Evergreen Marine Corp that. Yeah. Is the the owners of the company for sure? Mm. Um, Ever given, sorry. Yeah, ever given. Ever given is the ship name. Evergreen, yeah, is the company liner name. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, full on. Um, I just thought to bring that up because that's another thing that happened uh, just recently as well. Um, now, I did want to, if you're up for it, I had. Let me just go over to TOTT News there. I noticed you put up a, a new one that I kind of wanted to pick your brain about a little bit, which was techno-fascism, the historical roots of the modern scientific elite. Um, so that was put up three days ago over at tottnews.com, techno-fascism, the historical roots of the modern scientific elite is the name of the article, folks. So make sure you head out and check that one. This was uh, an article submitted by someone you've got putting articles for you um dr tj coles that's correct yeah uh yep yeah general so this is another great um piece by dr tj coles the latest addition to the tott news team um has been writing some great feature pieces every month for tott news and he has written an article on the historical roots of the modern scientific elite and essentially just really goes through where the big tech mentality comes from this notion that um you know advancement is good and that we need to continue to advance but the only ones that are really pushing that message are the same ones creating the products controlling the products and the ones that are going to benefit from the products it's not necessarily society and everything calling out for it it's we're being moved in a direction where technology is is just being lapdogged as this savior for humanity and we've seen uh, in in the past that this type of mentality has happened before and he really sort of just drives home the the notion that the regardless of politics the fake left right illusion you know big tech has always had their influence in in trying to maneuver towards a, a world of technocratic qualities and we've seen this with Italian futurism in the past, and he, he has, does a great job explaining um, the history of Italian futurism and how fascist Italy, they really absorbed technological and industrial advances into its military and into its, its greater way of life and, and some of the negative effects that these types of methods had on their society and then how this developed into 
Nazi scientists in the the second industrial revolution and some of the things that we learnt from their developments. You know, um, we've seen that they were masters at engineers and after the war was concluded, a lot of their scientists went and worked for NASA and Area 51 and Russia and and all of these projects and, and things that exist today. Operation Paperclip and the military-industrial complex. He he talks about how that was the next natural progression from that, and how today we have the military-industrial complex, which you know is an unaccountable scientific elite that really has has bought the world, is really controlling the world through vested interests, through lobbying, through the ability to censor and control information, and the ability to skew and control reality. We look at Google. Most people now say Google it when they want to know something. It's it's really replaced our vocabulary. It knows where we are at all times. It knows what we search. We share more with Google than and our you know our closest friends sometimes when we're searching for medical conditions, for example. Um, Google knows a lot about us and how this is going to evolve into what's happening now, which is the Internet of Things and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, where we will really see this integration of technology and human beings and the the path that the Italian futurists um, really sort of envisioned in the early 20th century. Now, for me, I would also say that it goes back a little bit further than that. The, the elite really are the royal society, the, the scientism uh, rogues of the Vatican there, um, the Vatican of scientism rather, as I like to call it, the royal society. They are the ones that ever since the theory of evolution and the late 1800s have really pushed this notion of the post-human and the transhuman. But technology really didn't actually start to advance to a massive point until Italian futurism really come along. And that's where we started started to see the practical implementation of these theories. So I think he does a great job sort of just explaining where this mentality comes from today, why big tech and why these groups are pushing for a post-human transhuman world and why they think it's so good is because they have been pushing this this is the combination of decades and decades of planning to integrate technology into society to make people become comfortable with it and actually strive to create more and consume more to the point that we'll finally be able to transcend the the incapabilities and the defunct aspects of what they call the human, which, you know, I would argue is very dehumanizing in nature. It, it goes against, you know, the laws of things that are good. And I don't think like it when people try to play God on, on that type of element. So this is really the story of that. If, you, if you're not familiar with these types of things of Italian futurism, of Operation Paperclip, the military industrial complex, or if you just want to go see some new information or refresh your, your memories. Dr. TJ Cole does a great job on the website there um, detailing that for the readers. Mm. So that's all available there. I'll throw to you, General. Do you see where this article sort of is mapping out and can you see that what we see today really isn't just a manifestation out of nowhere? This has been a calculated plan for a few generations now to integrate technology and the belief that it's good for us into society. Can you sort of see how that's been a, a plan for a long time, mate? Yeah, well, these things are kind of um, uh, cyclical in nature, aren't they? You know, they, they first kind of 
tried to give this a run in the in the 1920s, you know, and then into the early 40s, you know, like you said, with the Italian futurists, well, you know, Benito Mussolini, of course, ruling Italy was a fascist dictator. Um, yep. You know, so that they have all their roots there as well. Of course, that never went away, you know what I mean? Like they, they've taken these ideals, they've seen that they did work. Um, of course, the only reason why it kind of stopped working was because of, you know, I guess the war and it, he was overthrown and all that sort of stuff. But um, we'll just, I'll just take this back to the very early meaning. So I had to actually, re, I, I knew of fascism and all that sort of stuff. But I wanted to kind of refresh what it really meant and, and um, some of the symbols used for fascism as well and what it means today as well. Because it kind yeah. of, it, it made me then get a better understanding and it helped me. I guess, realize that we are now heading in, in like this, because he called it techno-fascism, you know, and we, we talk about technocracy a lot on, on this podcast as well, but it really is, we're definitely seeing elements of this, te- of a techno-fascism, you know, I guess, as the underlying sort of thing hiding underneath it all, because uh, they know it works. But so I went to, um, there's a website called, and I'll put this in the show notes, it's called Tell Me Why, uh, sorry, tellmewhyfacts.com. Uh, so they've got a meeting there for fascism, which, so fascism, of course, like capitalism and socialism, is an ideology. Um, but this, this, these two paragraphs here were, were quite good. I wanted to sort of just read these out for you guys as well because it does ring true to where we're heading, and it gives a, some origin roots as well. Um, so once you understand that, it, it helps you understand where we're going. But it says fascists reject the fact that there is a a class difference between people in society. Society is perceived as an organized system in which all citizens are assigned a particular function. All parts of the organism are necessary for its well-being, and in the same way, society is dependent on all citizens performing their particular functions as best as possible. Fascists find no sense in claiming that the different organs of the organism have different interests. Fascism arose in Italy, and the country was ruled through this ideology from 22 to 43, 1922 to 1943, uh, where the fascist dictator Benito Mussolini was in power. The term fascism comes from the Latin word fasces, or fasci, which was the name of a bundle of branches, or sticks, with an axe in the middle. Fasces were, were carried by Roman soldiers and officers. Fasces were a power symbol of the Roman ruler's executive power. So I thought that was very telling, mm-hmm. just with regards to that part there, because I remembered from years ago, I heard good old Jordan Maxwell talking about fascism and the symbols of fascism and, and how they are still around and in use today. And all you need to do, folks, is type in... So I'll do this while I'm on right now. So if you go to... Any your your search engine and type in, I think it's U.S. Congress fascism, and go to images. So if you type in U.S. Congress fascism in your search engine and then go to images, right, and you'll start to see the first few images you'll see, and you'll see the fasci, the symbol of fascism is right there on either side of the Speaker of the House's chair and stuff, where they sit. They have the, mm-hmm. they have the, the US flag, and then on, on either side is the fasci, the symbol of fascism in the Congress of the United States of America. 
and this symbol is all over the place. You'll see it also mm-hmm. on the Lincoln Memorial, the chair that Lincoln is sitting in on either side of the, the legs of the chair are, again, the fasci. It's everywhere, and it's mm-hmm. hiding in plain sight. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you know hidden I mean? in plain view, That's mate. That's it, man. This is what I'm saying. Mm. It's full on. I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can see it as well. Um, but there you go. And so when they start in, in, in the article, you know, he's, of course, talking about, you know, um, techno-fascism because we're now in the modern age. We're in an age of technology, of course, or advanced, more advanced technology and stuff. And that's where we're heading. Of course, referring to the Internet of Things and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. All you need to do is look up the World Economic Forum and, of course, how Klaus Schwab... To learn more about that, of course, because that's where they're taking us. Um, but yeah, um, this is what it is. It's it's literally just bringing more of this these fascist ideals to light, but still kind of keeping the the hidden meanings and the symbols, I guess, left in the shadows a little bit. But it's important yes. to know that they're still there. They are there right in front of our faces. And in the home of democracy in the United States, they have the symbols of fascism right there in front of the face of all your representatives over there, folks. Isn't that mm, interesting? That's yeah, very interesting. Very interesting, General. And yeah, as you said, it, and I like that you you pointed out that it's you know it's it's almost periodical. You know, it comes and goes depending on how society is really reacting to it, and it comes back in different incarnations of 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 belief and thought. And it's really taken off with the fourth industrial revolution, this birth of technology, because now this type of messaging is is constant. And these symbols are now can be viewed everywhere, you know, not just if you're watching the U.S. Senate one day, they can just pop up now on your Facebook feed. If you're following Joe Biden, for example, boom, symbols right in front of your face. You know, the more symbols that have increased with techno fascism is almost symbolic itself of how close we are to a techno fascist state. And, yeah, I love that he used the word because you said we've spoken about technocracy quite a bit but yeah when you do the the research on the word fascism and and this type of broad approach where they don't really care about the individual they don't really care what the individual thinks you can see a lot of parallels to what's happening today general Mm. and as as you very interestingly found um it's right hidden in plain sight look it even comes down to the fact that the the one dime this that the coin of the u.s there their dime coin has and previous incarnations of the coin had the fasci on the coin um and all you need to do is look at the symbols for and like the emblems of some of their um government departments so the yeah the, the state of colorado's state seal has an all-seeing eye on top of of a fasci as well um what's another one so i mentioned the coin uh, U.S. the United States Senate their seal underneath at the bottom has two fasci crossing over each other um, the Department of the Army and Air Force National Guard Bureau has two fasci over the top of an eagle um, the United States Senate I think I just I said that the Senate uh, yeah it is I mentioned the Senate um house of representatives flag has it like they're everywhere this fascism symbol is hiding in plain sight all over the place and um i would love to sort of i I haven't seen them too much in australia because i think 
you know, we've got the Fabian Society, which I reckon they're, they're sort of they're Fabian socialists, but I reckon they're actually more fascist. I reckon they're probably, you know, that wolf in sheep's clothing. They're probably behind a lot of it, maybe trying to keep it a bit more hidden here in Australia. Um, but yeah, it may not be so prevalent here in, in Australia, but in, in the US, it, it, it's everywhere. There are, there are fasci symbols everywhere. And we yeah, mentioned it's, and it's literally a symbol for fascism. That's what it means. Very because... ironic that they're the leader of the free world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they have these symbols everywhere. Emblazoned with fascism symbols all <laughs> over them, you know. Fucking hell, man. It's crazy. It's a good but it's sign, right yeah. There. Yeah, so... Uh, Andy, did wow. you, did you, have you noticed that before? I mean, obviously, I, I put a link there for you to read um, of Ethan's article if you hadn't caught up with it yet. But, um, yeah, isn't that amazing, mate? That fascism is is well, well and truly alive and well in the world, and it's just hidden in plain sight. Yeah, it's a- absolutely amazing, isn't it? Mm. You know, like, and then, of course, the platform that these, you know, like, so-called, like, leaders... Uh, you know the the left wing leaders like Biden and Co. They they all run on the platform as anti fascists, right? And that's what all of their supporters always like banging on about about you know with with Trump and everything like that that he was a fascist. So mm. it's just it's like the old thing. It's just complete inversion, <clears throat> always. Yeah. Well, I mean, we mentioned the Nazi stuff in in the, uh, that article at TOTT News as well. Um, you know, with Nazi science and you know Operation Paperclip and all that sort of stuff, but uh, you need only to realise that there was a there's a there was a stamp from 1938 produced um, for Germany, and it has uh, Hitler and it looks like Mussolini on it as well, uh, but it has a, the fasci on there as well on their stamp, clear as day. You know what I mean? Like, all, it's just it's all there for everyone to see. You just need to, the eyes to see it. Um, so just yeah, you know, just I guess I would just say to the listeners and just to be more wary of these things. You know, we don't just don't just see these things on TV or in public or sitting around. You know, look up what it means. Like ask the question: What is that symbol on that flag? What is that symbol next to the person on the podium? What is that symbol on the the seal, the government seal on? You know, in front of the podium where my so-called leader is speaking to me. You know, what allegiance do they actually behold to? You know what I mean? Like that's because these things have weight. They have meaning. They're there for a reason. They're not there for chance or because they look pretty. Um, yeah, we just yeah. need to be more aware of that. Absolutely, nothing's, I couldn't agree more. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. There was a there was a, somebody posted a, something about like this like uh, satanic looking thing. Um, with devil horns and stuff on top of, on the government building in Brisbane, that is that uh, contains all the birth death records for for the state, like the records holding departmental building. Mm. Oh, I'll get you the image for you. It's quite <laughs> blew me blew me away. Yeah, please do. But but yeah, symbology is all around us. You know. Um, yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, and and all of the gargoyles and stuff. Brisbane's full of it. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Actually, there's a lot of them around. Yeah, sort of crap. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know, man. Interesting stuff, hey. So yeah, um, yeah. So when I as soon as I read that article, it, it, it when he he mentioned techno fascism, Ethan, I was like, oh, 
It just, yeah, like when things, it's sitting in your brain for years and it just clicks and you're like, oh, I just remembered that. And so I just started looking into it and researching. I'm like, there you go. That's right. Yeah, fascism. I wanted to relearn, I guess, the roots and what it all means. And um, yeah, so it, and it ties perfectly into this techno-fascism where we're moving into now, especially how it you know, mentions, you know, like I said in that what is fascism statement on the, on the, on the link and it said, you know, fascists reject the fact that there is a class difference between people and society um society is perceived as an organized system you know i mean these things just reek of technocracy too it's it's all interwoven um, mm. yeah, for sure general stuff. and yeah. I, I and i and i like that you pointed out that as well you know the other side of the coin you know this article does a great job of detailing you know this is what happened this is what the people said but as we've said a couple segments ago general there's always a deeper esoteric symbolic message behind everything so mm-hmm. i'm really glad that you brought that up because when you go and look at the origins of a lot of words and definitions you end up on a on a rabbit hole where you start to realize well hang on a minute this word has a symbol and this symbol's everywhere just um hidden in plain sight i suppose but even if it's not hidden in plain sight you can see that the modern technocratic state has its roots in Italian futurism and these ideals. And either way, that's not a good um, place to end up or a good place to progress. So mm. either yeah, like, way. You know. <laughs> like I said, the, the, these things aren't there because they look pretty. There are, there are meanings to this. There are layers upon layers of why these things we see them in, in society. Even, even down to things like, um, I don't know if you boys are aware of this, but when they show the uh, the flag of any nation if the flag of any nation is is displayed in things like a court or um you know in a press conference behind your your leader or whatnot if that flag has a gold trim it it means that they're in a state of war you know what i mean like it, it's it's a mm. war flag and things like this like there are so many little hidden meanings it's not just to make the flag look pretty to have a gold trim you know f- um, tasseling feathering off the edges of it. It, it there's a reason these things exist um, and they're, they're trying, it's like they're, you know, we always talk about how the, the people running the show, they have to tell us what they're doing, but not, maybe not directly. And it's and in that way they have that sort of clear conscience on their end and, it, and the responsibility falls upon us. Um, so we need to be awake to be able to see this sort of thing so we don't fall victim to it. Mm, that's it, General. There's a lot of discussion around that. You know, why is it there? Is it for good or for bad? Um, but at the end of the day, it's all there. It's all there for everyone to see if they have the eyes to see. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, Andy, anything else you'd like to bring to the table for uh, for this episode? Oh, mate, I think we're um, we've we've covered covered it pretty well. I, we'll probably have much more after after we've had some more fun and games with this lockdown. <laughs> We might need to do an emergency broadcast in a couple of days. Yeah, when <laughs> I can just get up yeah. and say, I told you so. I told you they're going to extend the powers. <laughs> yeah. I had a text just before from um, the organisers of the of the Brisbane rally, uh, that group uh, wanting to present the Premier with a letter of, you know, their objections to the lockdowns. And, you know, my first thought is like, Presenting the people who actually brought the lockdowns to you is going to achieve nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, you know, <laughs> how many how many letters to politicians and stuff have we been going through with like, over the years with different groups and everything? Yeah, well, it all falls on deaf ears. It's I mean, like you, you, in a sense, to me that all that does is is acknowledge their system. 
And I think the key to it all is is to give no, no weight to their system at all, you know, to create our own system and way of life and doing yeah. things, you know. That's that's where that's, the, right. that's where the answer lies, I think, you know. Because you really are giving people power. Yeah, that's right. You're giving them your like, power. Oh, please, please, you know, like we're going to write you a big letter and, you know, you know, drop to our knees and sort of, you know, beg you to stop this. No. No, it's never going to happen. Mm. So, um, well, here's yeah. to uh, here's to not wearing any masks for the next three days or any more or at all, boys, because uh, you won't see me in one, that's for sure. <laughs> That's the uh, way. No. Cheers to that. Oh, yeah. cheers to that. Yeah, big time. Cling. Um, Ethan, anything else you want to do? Um, add to uh, episode uh, season three, episode eleven. <laughs> <laughs> no, general. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. Um, signing off three eleven, the big three eleven episode. Didn't even realise I would have might have had something prepared, but it all all works out um, the way it's supposed to. I don't really have anything to add. I think we've covered quite a bit on this episode um, here today. And as as we said, we'll just have to see where this goes. As we mentioned, there's never a slow news day, so I'm sure we'll be back next episode to talk about more. And always tune into our websites for you know the latest news when it when it drops and, and when it happens. If you're still someone who's just discovering and hasn't got on the website, I always encourage you to go check that out and subscribe and, and support General's additional show, the General Knowledge Podcast on Patreon. Um, it's fantastic. Thanks, man. Awesome. Yeah, as of course, head over to TOTTnews.com. All the links that we've talked about here, I'll um, put them in the show notes as well. I'm getting a lot better at doing that. I know in the beginning, I was a bit slack. I would forget links and I'd accidentally close tabs and all that sort of shit, but I'll leave them all open. I've got them all here. So um, yeah, everything will be in the show notes that we sort of talked about uh, when I I reference it in the show. So please go and click on through and check those out. Awesome. Well, that's that's the uh, we'll wrap that one up there, boys. Thanks again for coming on. That's uh, season three, episode eleven for the General Knowledge Podcast. Please make sure you do um, subscribe and share the uh, the show with as many friends as possible. Uh, get the word out there, guys. Oh